And now, another timely and powerful message from Pastor Emmanuel Williams and Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee. Praise the Lord. This text is describing for us what happened when Jesus rode into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. Amen? So today would be Palm Sunday when Jesus rode into Jerusalem. Most people refer to his entrance into Jerusalem on that morning as the triumphal entry. You've heard that term, right? His triumphal entry, which starts with, uh, with, a, with, uh, with what is commonly called the Passion Week. The week of Passion starts today and it goes until next week. Now, Passion Week was the final week of Jesus' life on the earth. We all know that, right? The final week. So this entry into Jerusalem is representing Jesus' final week on the earth. And this, this event is so important that it's mentioned in all four Gospels. It's mentioned in Matthew, it's mentioned in Luke, Mark, and John. For that matter, two-fifths of the Gospel of Matthew is devoted to the final week of Jesus' life. Two-fifths. Two That's how important this event is. Three-fifths of the Gospel of Mark is devoted to the final week of Jesus' life. One third of the Gospel of Luke is devoted to the final week of Jesus' life. And John, half of the book of John, the Gospel of John, is devoted to the final week of Jesus' life. I'm saying this so you and I can realize how important this particular week. And in my mind's eye, as I imagine Jesus riding into the city of Jerusalem almost 2,000 years ago, on a Sunday like today, to present himself as a living sacrifice for us. There is one scripture that comes to my mind, and that's Romans chapter 8, verse 32. It says, He who spared not his son, but delivered him up for us all, how will he not with him also freely give us all things? Can you imagine Jesus riding down on the, on the donkey? With his disciples surrounding him and people. In my mind's eye, I can see him walking down. And in his heart, he's saying, this is, he knows, this is my final week. I'm going down to Jerusalem to be crucified. God sent Jesus. Amen. For every one of us here this morning, brothers and sisters. And as I said, this is the scripture that comes to my heart. It says here, let me repeat it, that he and the he is referring to God. God who spared not his son. Who is God's son? That's why Jesus came into Jerusalem on a donkey. He was not spared. He was not kept in heaven. He was sent down to Jerusalem to die. To be presented as a, an offering. For our sins. Amen. And so I can see him riding down. Going down to Jerusalem. God. God's best was Jesus. Amen. God gave us his best. He did not hold back. His best from us. This is God's best riding down to be crucified for you and I. God did not spare Jesus. I'm about to make a point here. But he gave up his best. Now let me share with you brothers and sisters. I love all of you. You know that. Amen. But I'm not giving up my son. For any of you. My only son. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? It doesn't matter how much deal, it is no deal. Doesn't matter how much you say, let's make a deal. No. 
This is my son. How many of you thank God for God? <laughs> God sent his best for us. He delivered up his son for you and I. And I want you to think of that. I want you to keep that in mind. Keep in your mind's eye, Jesus riding down to his death. God's best to be crucified just because of you and I. Scripture says, because God gave, gave him up. That's what, that's what it says. Can you go back to the scripture? I want to spend some time here. It says, because God gave him up, why won't God with Jesus freely give us all things? I'm about to make a point here. Are you getting what I'm saying? If God gave Jesus up, can you go back to Romans 8.32? If God gave Jesus up, his best for you and I, what else won't he give us? And I'm saying, what else was he, won't he give us such as divine protection from the coronavirus? Are you getting what I'm saying, saints? If God gives us his best, why wouldn't he protect us? <laughs> oh glory be to Jesus why wouldn't he do that he gave us his best that's why you know that is why brothers and sisters I find it you know I find it a little strange um, when I hear now I'm not I'm not going to talk about the coronavirus amen we've preached about that for the last four or five weeks praise God I said that too fast we've preached about the coronavirus for the last four to five weeks Today, I want to talk about Jesus' entry into Jerusalem for everyone here. Amen? But I do, a passer, I just thought I would say, if God gave up Jesus for us, the Bible says he'll freely, doesn't cost you anything. Divine protection is free. The point is you and I have to believe it. Amen? We have to what? Believe it. I always wonder why can't the truth of that scripture grab the hearts of Christians instead of the fear from that virus the fear from that virus has grabbed the hearts of certain people so much so the word of God cannot cannot penetrate cannot interfere with how they feel and you know what I'm saying? I'm not criticizing anybody. I'm not criticizing anybody. But what I'm saying is God gave up Jesus. And I want to make that point. If God gave up Jesus for you and I, that truth of God's word should grab our hearts. Amen. And keep us steady and peaceful and showing God's protection. Amen. I want you to keep that in mind. Okay, let me move on. Let me move on. I've spoken about the coronavirus. Let me move on to better things. Praise God. Now, during that time, during that time, the city of Jerusalem swelled to almost 2 million people. They were there because of the Passover. Everybody remember the, remember the Passover? The, the Passover in Egypt. Pharaoh's heart was hardened. God brought 10 plagues. The last plague God brought was the death of the firstborn in Egypt. Men and animals, human and animals. Do you remember that? Amen. And the only way you could be protected from the death angel was you had to kill a lamb, take the blood and put on the top of your door, on the side of your door and at the bottom of your door. Praise God. Are you with me saints? I'm moving quickly. That was for divine protection. Amen. That was for what? If the blood of an animal placed at the top of the doors, on the side, at the bottom could protect God's people from the death angel. Certainly the blood of Jesus can protect us from whatever disease or virus that's out there. 
since we got to have the right perspective let me share with you this story is not a myth it is not a myth this is history a god turned into a man rode on a donkey for real came and shed his blood for real so you and i today can benefit from his protection you've got to believe that sense come on this is history lord i give you praise this is not a myth glory be to jesus now since that 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 was what i called the prefiguring of jesus the blood the lamb being slain was a type and shadow of jesus his blood being placed the blood of the lamb being placed on the top sides on the bottom of the doors that's the protection we have that should be the blood of jesus that's what we have now for that matter i think it's in the book of colossians verse 2 chapter 2 you don't have to turn the colossians chapter 2 verse 17 says uh, uh, jesus is the substance that who fulfilled all the types and shadows of the old testament jesus is the substance if you see a shadow it means there is a body are you with me it means a body is about to break the corner amen you see what we were seeing what they saw the old testaments since what they saw was jesus's shadow they saw him prefigured they saw him figuratively through the old testament amen are you with me that shadow was pointing to jesus now jesus is here what business have i doing with shadows are you with me jesus came for real so why am i looking at shadows um, he is the substance who fulfilled the types and shadows in the old testament so we have the blood of jesus for real we have the body of jesus for real now so we should be more secured than the old testament sins brothers and sisters are you getting what i'm saying i just want to encourage you as you go out there because if you are not encouraged if you don't keep your head in god's word when you go out there you will be like a roller coaster emotionally you'll be like this right here and you cannot be like this in the, in these times you got to be resolute you got to be you got to stand sure-footed in those days because people are looking for hope it's hopeless out there the bible says in isaiah 26 verse 3 god will keep you and i in perfect peace if if our minds are stayed on him if your mind is not stayed on god you're going to be emotionally like a roller coaster <laughs> like a what a roller coaster emotionally and so we have to avoid that amen praise the lord let's move on a little further man i got some good stuff to show with you this morning amen so here jesus the passover lamb heads to jerusalem to fulfill a shadow given in the old testament almost 1500 years ago in that moment jesus was when he entered into jerusalem jesus was publicly celebrated we all agree before that every time jesus did a miracle he said be quiet be quiet don't tell people who i am in matthew chapter 8 when he healed the leper he said do not tell any man because it was not yet time for him to be revealed as the king of kings and the lord of lords but here 
Amen. Here it was time for him to be revealed as the king of kings and lord of lords. However, uh, um, uh, uh, when he entered Jerusalem publicly, I, I, I have two reasons, brothers and sisters, I want to bring to your attention as to why Jesus entered publicly, amen, to present himself as the king of kings and lord of lords. The, the, my first reason is because he did not want the Jews to say, if we had only knew, if we had the opportunity to embrace you as king, we would certainly embrace you as king. He wanted them to have no excuse. Amen. So he presented himself nowadays since we have no excuse. Amen. We have no excuse. Jesus is king. He is Lord. Amen. If you want to go to heaven, Jesus has a monopoly on the way to heaven. He said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. He says, I got this. Yeah, yeah, I got this. If you want to go to heaven, Buddha, you cannot go there through Buddha. No. You cannot go there through Hare Krishna. Amen. You cannot go there through Mr. Moon. You got to go there through Jesus. He said, I am the way. The truth. And notice the. The article the. The only way. The only life. The only truth. Oh Lord, I give you praise. Hallelujah. Oh man, I feel the presence of the Lord. Now secondly, secondly, the reason why I think Jesus came out publicly is because, brothers and sisters, is because, listen carefully now. Listen. It's because 500 years ago it was prophesied by Zechariah. Chapter 9 verse 9. That he would ride into Jerusalem as a king i'm making a point here now i'm making a point here i gave you two reasons one he wanted to get rid of the excuses secondly he had to fulfill a prophecy I, when the word listen i'm about to say something this whether it's the spoken word the written word or the living word brother the word has to be fulfilled are you getting what I'm saying? God's word is very important. When it's spoken through a man or through a woman of God, it must come to pass. If it is really thus saith the Lord. 532 years before Jesus walked down to Jerusalem, Zechariah prophesied. Can you go to Zechariah chapter 9 verse 9? Amen. Zechariah prophesied. You got it? Zechariah chapter 9 verse 9. Praise God. That's Zephaniah. We're looking for Zechariah. It's coming. Praise God. Amen. Glory be to Jesus. I want you to see what Zechariah prophesied. Because exactly what Zechariah prophesied. That's exactly what happened in Matthew chapter 21. Amen. We got it. Praise God. It says here. You got it saints? Amen. Amen. Rejoice. Oh, whom? Yes. Now, I want you to see it because th there is a reason why I want you to see it. Because brothers and sisters, this is one of the most powerful elements of scripture. Fulfilled prophecy. Amen. Fulfilled prophecy is one of the most powerful elements of scripture. Let me share brothers with you this right here. All, all other religion doesn't have the element of the prophetic. 
You know, I heard people said, well, there are numerous religions. I'll tell you what they don't have. They do not have the prophetic element. Because God is the God who calls the beginning from the end and the end from the beginning. Are you with me, saints? Okay. Praise God. So it's uh, Zechariah chapter 9 verse 9 reads, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Jerusalem, and shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Sorry. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Sorry. And shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king cometh unto you. He, he, and he's telling you something about the king. He is just and having salvation, lowly, which means humble. How did he come into Jerusalem? Riding on an ass. I know some of you would prefer we say donkey, but I'm staying with the Bible, amen? I know some of you would prefer that I say donkey to be, to be what? Politically correct, but I, that's not in my vocabulary. I'm going to stay with the Bible. The Bible calls it an ass. I'm calling it an ass, amen? Praise the Lord. And our songs much better than donkey. So it says here, praise God, he came on what? He came on an ass upon the colt of an ass. Are you with me? How many of you know he could have come on a stallion? Amen. He could have come on chariots blazing with fire. You see, how you come doesn't define who you are. <laughs> When you are secured and you know who you are in Christ, how you come doesn't matter. What matters is who you are. You knowing who you are. Oh, glory be to Jesus. Hallelujah. So it was prophesied by Zechariah 530 years ago that the anointed one the king was going to show up. Show up. And here, that prophecy. That Palm Sunday. Jesus came. The substance. That, that fulfilled the symbols. And the types and shadows of the Old Testament. Here he comes riding. Fulfilling that prophecy. Brothers and sisters. I this is what I want to tell you. It is important to, to embrace God's word. Because what we are seeing here is, as I refer to as, the prophetic element of God's word. A man of God spoke and we see the manifestation, the fulfillment of that prophecy. Isn't that wonderful? That alone gives the scripture its authority. Amen? Its authority. Brothers and sisters, if, you, if there is any book to believe... That should be proof enough to believe the Bible. A man 530 years ago said something would happen and it happened the very same way. You know, I've taught before on this particular text, never taught the prophetic element, which is so important, which is so needed in the church. And I'm not talking about those who give a simple word of prophecy. There's a difference in giving a simple word of prophecy. That's the gifts in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. And there is the office of a prophet. Ephesians chapter 10. It's called the fivefold ministry. 
So if you walk around telling people God is going to do this, God is going to do that, don't consider yourself a prophet. When God begins to take you and catapult you across the world and you begin to talk to leaders like these men of God did, well, then you begin to walk in the office of a prophet. We all can move in the simple gift of prophecy. But the office of a prophet, oh, that's we're missing that. We're missing that today, amen? Glory be to I believe it's still in the house. I believe it's still in the house, maybe in its premature stage, but I believe it's still in the house. Amen? Amen. Glory be to Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. God, Jesus said this. He said, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words never pass away. Psalms 119 verse 89 says, forever, Lord, your word is established in heaven. If God's word says it, it's going to come to pass. You need to have a word from the Lord. Oh, God, I give you praise. Oh, hallelujah. It's all, tell your neighbor, it's all about the word. It's, it's all about the word. It, yeah, it's all about the word. Yeah, it's all about the word. It's about the word. Saints, let me, share this, let me share this with you quickly. If you want the source of confidence in your life, hear me, brothers, a source of confidence, and if you want real security, then our lives must be regulated by God's word. It has to be, if you want security, authority, I said on Wednesday, spiritual authority influences political authority. It influences and supersedes economic authority. Spiritual authority. When your life is regulated by God's word, you can decree a thing. Ah, let me move on. Let me move on. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Hey, glory be to God. Amen. Oh, glory be to God. And, and, and again, let me just say this as I'm moving on. Quickly, can I say this quickly? I'm convinced the reason why many of us are so, in, are so concerned now is because uh, we are rooted in the opinions of men and not in the proclamations of scripture. Are you getting what I'm saying? Rooted in the opinions. Your opinion, my opinion doesn't matter until it correlates beautifully with God's word. Are you with me, saints? We, we don't need more opinions. Too many people have been led astray by opinions. We need the word of God. And if we had the word of God, the fight and the fear that's out there would not be there. Oh, glory be to Jesus. Zach Let's go to Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9, quickly. Quickly. And before, before I unpack this particular verse, let me, let me tell you a little bit about about fulfilling this prophecy quickly amen now since i want you to know jesus walking down into jerusalem that was momentous oh bless god it was momentous hallelujah glory be to god momentous this is why i say it's what this is why i say bishop it was momentous let me tell you why do you recall when jesus told the jews believe me for my work's sake he said, if you don't believe me, because I didn't go to your seminaries. That's what he was saying indirectly. Because he wasn't a Pharisee. He wasn't a sad, you see. Are you with me? He wasn't part of the Herodians. Amen. Can, can, I, can I dig deeper? He was not in a clique. <laughs> you see, when you know who you are. And you rule as God. You don't need a click. No, no, no. 
No, you don't need a click. For that matter, if there is a calling on your life for real, and you're in a click, God will break it up. <laughs> let me move. Let me move on here rather quickly. I have just a few minutes. Oh, glory be to God. Hallelujah. He said that. Listen, listen. He said, and I'm, he said, if you don't believe me, because I'm not part of your bill, he said, please believe me for my work's sake. I'm about to make a point here. Uh, the other gospels didn't tell us what Jesus did when he went to Jerusalem. When he went to Jerusalem, this is what I like Luke because Luke is a doctor. You know, doctors are very detailed. Luke told us, you don't have to turn there, but this is what Luke said to, Luke said to us. And when he was come near, walking, riding on a donkey, he beheld the city and wept over the city. He wept over the city, and this is what he said. If you had known, even you, at least in this day, he said, at least in this, your day, the things which belong unto, the, unto your peace, but now they are hid from your eyes. Jesus is saying to them, because you were not astute, because you did not remain attentive, then you missed your visitation. Yeah. He said, and he began to weep. Because he said, because Zachariah prophesied it 532 years ago. Zachariah prophesied it. He's here now. And they cannot embrace him as the Messiah. And he said, you have missed your visitation. And this is why he says, momentous. This was God's final, this was God's final attempt to prove to the Jewish nation that Jesus was really the Messiah. They missed him. They didn't accept the miracles. Are you with me? They didn't accept the miracles. So this is God's last, this is God's last effort to reach the Jews and tell them it was prophesied. It is now being fulfilled. They missed it. Brothers and sisters, how many times do we miss our visitation? You think about it. How many times do we miss our visitation because we are not astute? We do not remain in God's word. We are not sensitive to the spirit. And Jesus began to weep. And then he said, Jerusalem is going to be surrounded and broken down. It happened in AD 72. The nation was devastated. Even, notice Jesus said it, and when he said it, it did not happen right away. How many of you thank God for patience and time to repent? They never got it. They never got it. Amen. They went right on and end up being captured by the, let me move on since, let me move on quickly. This is what I want to say to you quickly. I'm going to move quickly because I see the time. The Bible says in the mouth of one or two witnesses, every word is established. Not only did God tell Zechariah about Jesus' entry, he also told Daniel. You remember he told Daniel. Let me share with you, brothers. I want you to see that right here. Let's go to Daniel chapter 9 verse 25 and I'm going to move quickly. I want you to see this right here. Brothers and sisters, this is so important. Daniel chapter 9 verse 25. You got it? Daniel chapter 9 verse 25. It says here, know therefore, now, now Daniel often had angelic visits. You remember that? Often had angelic visits. 
one on one particular occasion he had a visit a visitation from an angel and the angel did not only tell him that did not only tell him that the messiah would get entry into jerusalem but the angel gave him the information for him to calculate exactly when jesus would the messiah would appear and in that verse the angel gave it to him this is what the angel said to him the angel said to daniel know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build jerusalem unto the messiah the prince shall be so 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 this is what the angel is saying the angel is saying the messiah is going to come now this is how you calculate when how he's going to come from the time the commandment to restore and to build jerusalem amen to the time he enters into jerusalem it has going to be how much time seven weeks and three score and two weeks he continues the street shall be built again and the wall even in troublous times so he gave daniel the information to calculate when the prince of peace when the messiah was going to walk into jerusalem i want to show you god is so wonderful and so powerful i'm not sure why i chose to do it this sunday morning but i'm going to teach something not everything you can preach is that all right you got to teach it this word right here when the bible says uh seven weeks one week equals seven years can you go to the uh and i'm going to show you how they calculated one week equals how many years can you make that smaller so i could see everything please yeah, everything on the screen one time i want to show you how if they had studied they would know when jesus entered into jerusalem that was the messiah amen okay so the weeks are weeks of years so one week equals how many years seven years glory be to jesus one week equals seven years he said there's going to be seven weeks are you with me seven weeks seven since i want you to under it, it could be a little confusing but i want you to understand carefully because i'm going to show you how the number of days equals exactly the same day jesus rode into jerusalem and if they had studied they would have known that the very day that jesus rode into jerusalem was the very day the prophet told them are you with me so seven weeks and three score three score and two weeks is what that is 62 are you with me so seven weeks and then 62 weeks we said they are weeks of years amen so seven weeks glory be to jesus seven weeks these are one week equal one year are you with me so seven sevens are 49 years then also 62 three score and two weeks three score is 60 and two two weeks 62 by 7 400 and so a total of so he told daniel is going to from the time the commandment was given to rebuild jerusalem and the commandment was given to rebuild jerusalem one king artaxerxes you remember king artaxerxes 
Jerusalem was conquered by the Babylon by the Babylonians. The the, the Middle Persian came and conquered them, the Babylonians. And so God moved on Artaxerxes' heart. And he told him to release the Jews. From that was the decree to rebuild. So from the day Artaxerxes said, go back and build, to the time Jesus came into Jerusalem, 483 years had to be elapsed. 483 years is how many days? I'll tell you. Not because I'm a mathematician, but because I studied. 7,000. You got it? It's going to be 700 and 873, 880 days. Are you with me, saints? And you, all you do is multiply 483 by 360. Because 360 days in a year. We are, we are on the solar, they're on the lunar calendar. The Jews are on the lunar calendar. We're on the solar. The lunar calendar has 360 days. The solar has 365. Amen. So if you multiply 43 years by 360, you get how much? 783, 800 about that. Amen. So, so, so there is a man called, what's his name? You need to get that book. His name is called, um, let me give you his name. His name is called, Lord have mercy. Uh, his name is Sir Robert Anderson. So Robert Anderson wrote a book called The Coming Prince and he calculated to the day March 14th 445 BC when Artaxerxes, when Artaxerxes gave that decree you add 783,000 days to that and it equaled the very day Jesus rode into Jerusalem the very day i'm telling you i'm telling you this because god's word is powerful it may take some time to dig but when you get it brothers and sisters nobody can take it from you are you with me seven sevens 49 three score and two 62 and seven how much 483 years multiplied by 360 almost 900,000 year days you add it to 455 the very day sir what's his name i said russell robert anderson sir robert anderson yeah the very the very day he calculated he calculated down to the very day to the point where if you follow it in his book, if you get that book, you'll get saved. Yeah, because I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, because you will see how precise God is in ensuring that the spoken word is fulfilled. And since why am I saying that? Let me tell you why I'm saying that, brothers and sisters. Let me tell you why I'm saying that. We are in a generation now, we are doing the very same thing the Israelites did. We are missing our visitation. We are what? Missing our visitation. And the opportunity keeps coming every year. Every year, at the end, at the start of every year, God takes 365 days, he credits our account. And it's up to you and I to do whatever we want with these 365 days. I'm asking you, we have April until December. We have about how many more days? Uh, we, 90 days has gone, about. We got about three more quarters. Three more quarters. And I'm asking you to use these quarters the right way. Do not miss your visitation. God is a God of a second chance. Even 
to the point where he gave them 72 years to recover from missing their visitation and they missed it. I'm asking you brothers and sisters, let's not miss our visitation. Scripture is beautiful. The precision of God's word just gets, just, it does something to me. Just the exactness of God's word and the fulfilling of God's word and the surety of God's word. God doesn't hide. Are you with me? He's speaking all the time, but we're not listening. I'm saying for this next nine months, let's start listening. Let's not miss our visitation. See what's happening out there. You never know what's going to happen. Are we going to change for the next nine months? For the next nine months. Are we going to change for the next? Are we going to change some things? Change some habits? I mean, cut out some things. That's not important. My wife and I were talking about going to sleep earlier. Praise God. Going to bed a little earlier. Amen. We just sit down and watch one another. What are we watching one another all night? We do it. <laughs> let's just go to sleep. Are you with me? Just by next to each other, smiling, talking. No, let's go to bed. And we got, we got to change some things. Amen. You got to change some things. <laughs> Do not miss your visitation. I know God is going to. He told me so for the next nine months. For the next, he's going to come back again. Because many, he came, many of us, we, we were tuned out. Distracted. He's going to come back again. That's what he said to me. And he asked me to tell you, this time, don't miss him when he passes by. We got nine moments. You can never tell what happens. See what's happening out there. Amen. Father, we give you praise. We give you glory for your word. Amen. I didn't have time to go through the scripture, but I wanted to show you, brothers and sisters, the element of the prophetic of God's word and the precision of following God's word. God's word never lie. Amen. If you follow God's word, if you follow God's word, you'll never go wrong. Amen. Glory be to Jesus. Father, we thank you so much for your word hallelujah it's all about the word of god all about the word glory be to god hallelujah amen let's get ready to glory be to god partake of the lord's supper and brothers and sisters as you know i want you to see jesus in your mind eyes i want you to to thank him last night i was i was studying and i took a little Took, took me five minutes just to thank God. Thank God for coming. Thank God for sending Jesus on the cross. Amen. Please take time to meditate on the word and let it sink into your heart and soul and mind today. Knowing that the Christian who meditates on the word will be like a tree planted by the water, bringing forth fruit in its season and prospering in all that he does. But what if you aren't a Christian today? What if you don't know if you're bound for heaven as a forgiven child of God? If that's you, then let's take care of it right now if you're ready. Do you believe that Jesus died for your sins? Are you ready to be forgiven of your sins and washed clean and made new? Are you ready to begin your new life in Christ? Then turn to God right now and say, Lord, I love you. I need you. I repent of my sins. Lord, please forgive me and wash me clean. I receive your forgiveness right now as I put my faith in Jesus as my Savior. 
God, please lead me and teach me and show me how to live from now on. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. And if you're looking for a good church family, you'll be welcomed with open arms at Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee, located at 4750 Capital Circle Southeast near Tram Road. Sunday school begins for all ages at 10 a.m. and the morning service begins at 11 and the Wednesday evening service begins at 7. This is a life-giving, multicultural, multi-generational church where people of all races, backgrounds, and walks of life come together to worship, to be inspired in their love for God, to develop relationships, and to be empowered to live out God's purpose for their lives. Find more information on their website, imitatorsofgodministries.com, or call the church, 850 408 8496.